Welcome to the Taking a Breath Podcast with Parker Mays. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of the Taking a Breath Podcast. I'm Parker. And before we kick off today's conversation, I want to direct your attention to the conversation that's going on on GroupMe and Zoom every week with our community platform. You can visit flow.page slash Parker Mays, that's M-A-Y-E-S, for our 16 to 24-year-old listeners uh, to join the community. So if you're interested in personal growth and committed to growing alongside other young leaders. Check that out. Again, it's flow.page slash Parker Mays. Hope you enjoy this week's episode. This week, I'm excited uh, because I have a guest joining me right here from the Raleigh area. Abigail Sharpless is a 24-year-old based in Durham, North Carolina. She also grew up here and spent most of her time in church as a pastor's kid or in plays, concerts um, as an art school kid. She attended university at Clemson in South Carolina, where she pursued a degree, then licensure in recreational therapy, focused in the realm of psychological studies and worked with individuals with various disabilities. She takes great interest in the fight for diversity and inclusion in all spaces and is now focusing her career within customer care as well as diversity initiatives. Abigail, thanks so much for joining me and I am excited to have you. Would love for you to share a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me, first of all. Um, I'm very excited about this, and it's been great to, to meet you and get to know you and see the vision for your podcast as well. So I'm very happy to join the show. A little bit more about me. Like, I, like you said, I'm born and raised in Durham. Spent most of my time either doing church activities. I started in theater, I think like in fifth grade. And I was playing in some version of an instrument by sixth grade. So I've always, no, that's not true. I think like third. <laughs> so I've always just done artsy things, some sort of creative expression. So it's not insane that I ended up on a podcast kind of platform. But I went to school in South Carolina and I got just heavily involved on campus, mostly in things that revolved around diversity and inclusion, but also for advocacy with the individuals with disabilities. And so that took up a good bit of my time. I also did sign language studies for a while. So that was a a big part of my life as well. So I've kind of carried that on to just a a desire to continue to serve in any way that I can. Always rooted with the platform of my faith, but happy to kind of do it in any realm that I can. I love that. And so I, I didn't even mention it, but yes, uh, Abigail hosts uh, a podcast that that's how we got connected. And it's super interesting. We will talk more about it during the conversation, but as both podcasts that are centered around ideas that are important to us for um, Abigail, it happens to be um, her faith and sharing conversations around that and and uh, about her life. And then for me, the importance of leadership, mentoring, personal growth, my faith, entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. and other things that are various aspects of my life. It was interesting. I, I didn't know um, from our previous conversations that you were involved with working with individuals with um, disabilities. I, I did an episode a couple of weeks back with the founder of an organization 
organization that I work with called Children with Disabilities Fund International, and oh, wow. I'm helping helping them with marketing right now. And it's been a really cool opportunity to they're they're working on getting sponsors for these children based in Kenya and Jamaica, and it's been mm-hmm. such an incredible experience. And I know as someone who has also worked in that space, you know that uh, how rewarding it is. So, yeah. um, but that's such a such a cool connection. Um, I know I was, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I was curious, jumping into a little bit about, so coming out of Clemson, uh, I know you moved back to the Durham area and Mm -hmm. was curious, what was kind of your thought process around finding a job that you would not only enjoy, but find meaning in? Well, you know, it is tricky coming out of college. You can't always control what you're going to get offered or what you're going to do. So that was one thing I made sure going into my career, my college experience, I I can to this day still say, I don't know what I want to be or what I want to do, but I knew that I wanted to serve people. And then that was what fulfilled me most. So I kind of always stayed in that realm. And so picking up a recreational therapy degree kind of catered to that from off offhand. So I was always caring for patients or doing something. Um, And then my jobs from there kind of just spiraled out with things that I found interest with. So I made sure to stay intentional. My first job coming out of school, I worked at a psychiatric hospital and I was the the recreational therapist there and we had helped start up a new program. And that was a very rewarding experience. It was great to to have such a hands-on experience with my patients. But at the same time, I realized, I think just healthcare in general, I had done a lot of internships within healthcare prior to graduation. So I kind of had my fill of it. And at a point, it started to feel like I was, I was losing more than I was able to give to my patients. So I had to realize, you know, service starts with also serving myself and making sure I stay fulfilled. And I had the energy at the end of the day to feed back into me and, and my family and things like that. So I decided to move forward with a job that just kind of focused on what my main interests were, which I was always into the world of recreation. And I'll briefly describe a recreational therapist because a lot of people don't necessarily know what that is. So if you've never heard of it, which you probably haven't, uh, we do forms of therapy. So like your occupational therapy or your physical therapy or whatever that might be, or adaptive services, if you might use adaptive equipment and things. And we do that through forms of leisure and recreation. So we take the activities that the patient enjoys and turn them into therapeutic strategies. So that could be adaptive sports, or it could be just games and reading, things like that. So I took that and moved it into becoming a lifestyle director. And so I just kind of did the fun activities and I did that for a community. I planned all their clubs and their socials. And so I had to kind of redefine what it meant to serve and, and what and how I could be fulfilled in doing that. And so I, I let go of service just being restricted to like healthcare or you know, sick and well, and more of fulfilling somebody's and and a holistic outlook. So seeing them with every realm of what makes a person a healthy and happy person all around their total wellness. And then how could I feed into that? And so that's how I got into now working in customer service for a running store. So I'm promoting healthy choices and, and, you know, positivity and making somebody's day better. And so I stay fulfilled in, in those ways and definitely Staying in, involved in diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives keeps me definitely focused on my community overall as well. I absolutely love it. The first thing that really struck out to me is that intentionality. And not only that, but you're you're talking about being intentional about the things you were getting involved in 
and intentional about evaluating, okay, how am I feeling in this moment, right? You, you mm-hmm. talked about that overwhelm, that point of, oh my gosh, like I am feeling like so drained. And I think yeah. leaders can really relate to that. I think a lot of people are relating to that right now of, wow, I've gotten myself into something. I feel so drained all the time. And so for you specifically, you mentioned revisiting your goals. And I think for people, especially, so I'm a little bit more type A, I really, Mm-hmm. feel like I get locked into this goal and I'm like, I'm stopping at nothing, but you're exactly <laughs> right that there become, there comes this point where, okay, is something draining me to the point where I'm not taking care of myself? And it sounds like you were very intentional about once you hit that point, like, okay, I know. And, and being okay with that. Right. I think is huge. Right. right. I think it's important not to overdefine things for ourselves and so it's it's more so saying okay I, I seek out an opportunity and so I knew service in some way was something important to me but I had to kind of let go of the parameters that I wanted to define that as and allow room you know as a spiritual individual as well I'm, I'm thinking I want to allow room for God to have his say on what he wanted me to do next as well and so if I were to stay too stuck on the mindset of, oh, well, I went to college and I was going to be an occupational therapist and I had to follow this step by step and not allowing room for saying, you know what, I feel overwhelmed right now and maybe I'm losing myself in that. How can I keep my intention, um, but still honor, you know, my headspace, my wellness and things like that. You know, it's important to know when to let go. So. So good. I'm curious what areas of your life in terms of, you know, your strengths or personality traits have you been in developing, you know, as a result of your current job in this process of revisiting and redefining what service looks like for you? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think first and foremost, patience is something that's like top tier. (laughs) I think in any service job, that's always going to be very important. And it's something obviously to do that kind of a position or to even be a therapist. I already was innately you know, decent with being patient with people, but I maybe wasn't patient with outcomes or I wasn't patient with the time it took me to figure out a solution. Um, And and so I learned that patience is something that I can always kind of evolve and grow in. There's always room for more, room for more grace, things like that. And then beyond that, something that really surprised me, I'd have to say is that work-life balance. And it sounds so like in my mind, like, oh, that's so adult to say that's something like I hear my mom, you know, say or something. Um, but it's true. It's I think once you get out of school and then your work becomes a reflection, be, even if you're at a job you don't love, your work is still a reflection of you. It's something that you you put time into. And hopefully it's a job that you do care about. And so it's something that you might have a passion for, which is what I, I set myself up, you know, to be doing. And so I realized I was like I said, with the psych hospital, I was giving and giving a lot of what away and, and not necessarily <laughs> finding that time to refill myself. Um, and someone described it to me once as like, kind of thinking about your, your gas tank in your car. And if you're constantly giving away gas and giving away gas, but you're not taking a, a break to stop and refill, then at a certain point, you've let down not only yourself, but your vehicle, like everything else cannot work without that. So I'm not really of much service to my patients, to my customers, to my team at work or whoever else in my personal life. If I wasn't taking that time to like watch a TV show or like read my own book, you know? So that's something I'm still, I'm, I'm not perfect at. I'm still learning, <laughs> but. 
That's so amazing. I think that we're, we're all definitely, especially right now, to really trying to evaluate that work-life balance and how can it look better going in, you know, into the mm-hmm. rest of this year and into the next year. I know that's something that I've struggled with a lot. Uh, again, going back to, you know, getting really hyper-focused on a goal, but mm-hmm. I think it's so important, you know, we talk about priorities. What is it that you're prioritizing? And if it is, hey, I need to sit on the couch and watch a show for 30 minutes, like, that's okay. Like, those things are important to do. And that's something that I've really been realizing is mm-hmm. what, what gives me energy? What can I give my energy to? And how can I be intentional about the balance of those two things? So I, right. I really love that. And I relate to that a lot. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think it's, especially as, you know, people who aspire to be like a young leader or be somebody who's an activist or active, it's, it's easy for us to think we can just go, go, go. But if we're going to give energy, we have to be receiving it back to ourselves. So I check myself on that often. (laughs) 100%. And something that I've realized over the last couple of months is that I get a ton of energy from these types of interactions, whether Mm -hmm. it's podcasts or just a 30 minute conversation with someone. I've found that this type of interaction ends up, you know, even though sure I'm, I'm giving in terms of, you know, brain power and thought process, but I'm really going to come out of this you know, conversation ready to go for a couple more hours, you know, because Mm -hmm. it's just that, but it's about self-awareness to know, is that the same for you? You know, someone else is going to get off a 30 minute conversation and just be like, all right, I'm done for the day. And then go sit on the couch. That's okay. Right. Right. It's the, you know, the, the self-awareness to know, all right, this is what I can Mm -hmm. give to versus what I can get from. I love that. Yeah, definitely. Everybody's leadership does not look the same. Everybody's energy does not look express itself the same. So comparing yourself and your journey, how you get to point A to point B to somebody else isn't necessarily helpful or effective. It can be inspiring, but let it be just that. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. define you. I, I think there's so much value in sharing the process. So with this, mm-hmm. I try to be very intentional about I'm sharing a process of growth. This is just things I'm learning as I go. It's not me saying you need to do this today, right? That's why Mm -hmm. I I emphasize Mm self-awareness so much. I'm a 20-year-old kid. I just want to share what I'm learning with you. And then, hey, check it out. You know, a couple hundred people want to grow alongside me. That's awesome, right? So I think it's, it's so important to understand that distinction of telling versus sharing. You know, because yes, it, it sounds yes. the same, but uh, there's a there's a big difference, especially in this context, which takes me to your podcast. I'm curious what made you want to start a faith-centered podcast. And I know we talked about this a little bit in the conversation we had last week, but how who is your podcast targeted towards? Mm-hmm. What does that look like for you? Yeah. So um my podcast is it's it looks like the ABN podcast, that's how it is on social media, but it's pronounced Abby Normal. And that was, that name was uh, with purpose. Um, and it, cause it kind of looks like abnormal. And so that was my perspective on approaching the conversation about faith. I wanted to take it into a different light. And I kind of shared this with you in our previous conversation. I just noticed with my recreational use of social media and the conversations I was having with friends around me that a lot of people were automatically ruling out faith because the way they viewed religion and the way they had, especially within Christianity itself, I think 
today it's just kind of being used as a weapon. It's being associated very politically. Um, and so there's so many negative assumptions and stereotypes that relate to the faith. And that is not the fault of the people who hear that and are turned away from it. That is entirely the fault of the people who claim the faith and then misuse it or abuse that title. But, so I wanted to kind of step in and break up that conversation and say, here's the things that we're really talking about. If you were to open this book that we keep mentioning, um, if you were to challenge where this book came from and learn about the characters of the Bible and why certain words were used in certain ways and things like that, then I think it would open up a lot of people to the conversations of love and grace and forgiveness and, and that's being the overall theme. Um, so I just kind of wanted to come in on a platform that said, you don't have to identify with this faith at all. And more so look at it as, this is the way I, this is my perspective on life. This is how I approach the issues that I go through. Um, and if it works for me, I hope, look, just like what you said a minute ago, it's not my, this isn't my how-to guide, but if it inspires you, like definitely. And then my faith is just the root of where I get these things from. You can get inspired by anything after that. So I just more so wanted a, a platform and I kind of think about it as like the Neo church, like it's, you know, we, we're not able, and it, it happened to come out with COVID. So of course we're not able to assemble in a physical church, but it's more so like, hey, the church is the people. We're, we, we, we carry the church with us. Let's just have conversation. So let me be very raw and maybe uncomfortable and a little too honest sometimes and tell you guys exactly like what the heck goes on in my life and what I mess up terribly with and what I stress out about and like what makes me sad and then also what keeps me, what holds me, what keeps me steady and brings me peace and allows me to let go. And then what is the root of my empathy, things like that. So it's really just kind of like a tell-all show for anybody who wants to listen and you just happen to know that I'm a Christian. <laughs> and, and I love that. And so part of the, with taking a breath, if people have been listening for long enough, they're going to catch an episode where I am talking with a, a mentor of mine or, or a leader in my life mm -hmm. that is from the faith background. And I, I think it's so interesting how you do it as well, because it's that same perspective of, hey, I'm sharing my life, I'm sharing the people around me, and this is what's going through my head. Um, a lot of with taking a breath has been the same thing. It's there's multiple areas of my life that I want to share about, and my faith happens to be one of those. But it doesn't mean that every single episode is only about that, right? I just want Absolutely. to, I want people to understand me, I want primarily to learn from the people around me. Yeah. I want because you you just mentioned it, my my next question would be why is diversity of perspective uh, so important as leaders in general and, and especially to you I know it's something that's really valuable to you there's a list of reasons I think that I recognize I'm just going to take my personal experience sure when I was younger I grew up kind of in a controlled view of the world I obviously I grew up within the church already so everything we did was kind of out of that perspective and I, it wasn't until I got older, I, I didn't recognize the struggles that maybe people had around me. I didn't empathize or fully understand um, because I was never really challenged on the worldview that I, I just kind of accepted from my parents or the people who were around me. And then I started facing things like microaggressions and I didn't understand what was happening. I didn't, it reflected on my confidence, you know, people telling me even small things just like, 
my hair and how it was too big or too curly or something. And I didn't recognize that that was a subject of racial, you know, underlying tensions that I didn't even know about. And then going on into college and obviously working with individuals with disabilities, that really opened up my mind of like, there's just so much we don't know about. And diversity doesn't just mean race and ethnicity. Diversity means various backgrounds, various wealth, socioeconomic experience, various physical and mental ability and health, all feeding into this conversation. And I think the overall point is to grow in empathy. When we grow in empathy for each other, so many problems get resolved. We learn how to forgive easier. We learn how to be patient. We learn how to hear people out. And if you look at kind of like the main issues that we're arguing about, especially in the country right now, as hard as they are to avoid to hear about, <laughs> you're, you'd recognize if we all kind of just took maybe even 10 seconds to just listen to how somebody else felt and hear their perspective and understand why and where it came from, solutions would be found much easier. So I want to make sure that I'm illuminating those voices and in any way making sure that everybody can be part of that conversation to enact change that's not just helpful for a certain group or a certain type of person and more so one that can promote the whole community. I love that. And I think that right now, obviously with everything going on, we see so much more emphasis put into diversity and inclusion in not only corporate settings and not only um, in in everyday, but in real relationships. And I think that especially with taking a breath, an opportunity that has opened up is to, with the community, to be reaching out to people outside of just the the friend group that I might have initially had 90% of my influence from. And so it's really cool when people from different countries, from different areas, from different backgrounds, like you were talking about, diversity comes in all of these different things. Mm -hmm. And I think that diverse perspective is incredibly important and it helps to see, the, even though you will never live in that person's shoes, if you take the time, exactly like what you were saying, to listen to their perspective, I think it's so valuable. And it, it is incredible that different voices are being heard now, I, I think um, right. is, is incredibly important, just like what you said. I'm curious uh, with one other question that I had that we, we had talked a little bit about, but it's, it's a question about learning. And since you've been out of you know, college, what ways have you been intentional about still you know, learning and growing? And did you see a change in your motivation to learn once you graduated? Ooh, that's a good question. I, I have always been someone who loved to learn. Maybe didn't love school, but I've loved learning. And I had to separate my mindset on where and when you can learn. You can always learn from people, from moments, and from circumstances. I think how I learned is mostly what has changed, but my desires for what I was learning has been consistent. I think mostly I always look to challenge my perspective. So like I like we talked about before with why it's important to bring in diverse perspectives from any realm within inside, outside of the church, race, LGBTQ, all the above. I've always kind of wanted to, to challenge, why do I think what I think? And it's not necessarily to say that I have to agree with someone else. It's, it's to say either I'm going to affirm what I believe even more or I need to realize, oh, there's some loopholes here. And let me like challenge myself. Let me dive within that um, and explore some you know, I, I might learn more about me within that process. 
And so that's just trying to consistently have more conversations with more people or expose myself to things that be it cultures or, or books and things that I, I may not have chose uh, of my initial interest. Um, beyond that, I think studying as in within the faith category, I think before I took my faith as, I was a very spiritual person always. So I, I call the Lord through music and like I said, arts and things and everything else beyond that was kind of like, well, if the pastor says it, that's like what I'm gonna learn. That's what I'm just gonna absorb. And now I'm more like, oh, I need to challenge what I hear. And that's, that's actually what I'm, I believe I'm called to do. And you know, there's scripture that supports that, that God doesn't ask you to just take on these scriptures and just assume that that's what it meant for you. You're supposed to sit with it. You're supposed to chew on it a little bit, question how it got to you and, and you know, the context that it's in. And in that, I found that I've developed a much deeper interest and genuine like desire to, to seek out God and learn more about God. I'm like, oh, the, if I sit with the same scripture on 20 different days, I got 20 different things out of it. That's amazing. I want to hear what Jim down the street got out of it. And Pam, you know, like the office reference just came out. I caught that. I caught that. (laughs) (laughs) Real real swift. Um, So just kind of, yeah, continuing to study and wrestle with those things. And then mostly just trying to expose what biases that I've come up with. I think that's the thing that people find really hard to do because we don't want to check our pride. Honestly, we we don't want to say that there was something that's keeping me from understanding or we want to say that I believe what I believe because I really just think that. But a lot of times we've been influenced by so many factors that we just might not even be aware of. Um, that's coming up a lot in this climate. So my continual seeking of knowledge has been to really just challenge how did I learn anything? Why did I learn anything? Why is it important to me? And maybe see what somebody else thinks about it. Absolutely love it. I think it's so important. First, Yes, like not necessarily loving school. I can relate. I think that too many students say, I don't like school. I don't like learning, but you're exactly right. Distinguishing. Mm -hmm. I love learning, but I just don't like what they're teaching me. I think Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, like um, you cannot love learning about history, but you could love learning about Instagram, human behavior, consumer behavior, like, like, you know, like, so amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just going to expand on that because how how you learn is so important. I think I struggled with the school setting just by learning disabilities and other things that kept me so that I always felt like that maybe wasn't my space until I realized, no, wait, I actually do like history. If I hear about, you know, Black history through an Instagram video that I didn't even know about, you know, that's fascinating. That captivated me or I hear a story from somebody. Now I'm enthralled. So I do like so to learn. Good. <laughs> so good. And, and that that is so interesting. That's such a good perspective as well is, okay, the the way that we're consuming learning mm-hmm. is, is it a video? Is it a podcast? Is it like that? Yeah. That's super cool. So I, yeah. I appreciate both those things, whether it's not that it's, you don't like what you're talking about or you don't like how it's being taught. Like, I think that both of those things are really important. So spot on. The other mm-hmm. thing you mentioned, you know, checking your pride and making sure that you're challenging what you hear challenging your beliefs. I think that's so important, especially Mm -hmm. as the like growth is about learning new things. And I think that 
if we learned for 40 years and never changed any beliefs, how boring would that be? Right. I feel like each time I learn something, like even just you saying that right there, an example, I always think of, I don't like what I'm learning. You saying, I don't like how I'm learning. I'm like, oh my gosh, suddenly (laughs) I'm going to go dig into that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, okay, I hadn't thought of that before. And now I love that. And Mm -hmm. so it's those types of things that you have to continually be learning and growing. So, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. That's great. I think that desire comes from understanding the difference between education and intelligence. Mm. Being educated doesn't innately make you an intelligent being. And so, Education can be that I learned for 40 years, but I didn't change anything. Intelligence says I don't have a choice but to change because what I'm learning, I'm absorbing. I'm, I'm changing my beliefs and I'm changing my perspective and I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, which is continue to mold and grow just like my plants behind me do, you know? So yeah, <laughs> there's a million ways you can it. do that outside of a book. Mm-hmm. That is amazing and so true, spot on. If you're listening, make sure to follow Abigail at The ABN Podcast. Check out her podcast, absolutely incredible. That's on Instagram. I've actually gotten to listen through as we've been uh, chatting over the last couple of weeks, some of the episodes, love it. If you're not a Christian, check it out because it's very consumable. If you are a Christian and want to hear some of the things she's talking about, check it out. Um, Highly recommend it. Send her a DM if you have any questions about things we talked about. She is awesome at, as you can tell, at conversation (laughs) and has been an amazing connection that just randomly happened to be a few miles from home. So it's always great to uh, meet new people. And Abigail, I really appreciate you being on the podcast today. Thank you so much for inviting me. I hope to hear from your listeners. Yes. Like you said, please message me, whatever. I like to challenge my conversation. You don't have to like what I say. I love that. Please (laughs) comment and like, let's talk about it. Um, And I'm on everything. If you're not on Instagram, Twitter, shoot, I think I have a TikTok account for it. Like just (laughs) contact me. I want to hear from you. So thank you so much. It's been great. Love it. Awesome. Thanks everybody for joining us this week and we will see you again next week for another episode. Thanks for listening to the Taking a Breath podcast with Parker Mays. 